Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We're in a teaching series called Dear God, where together we're learning to practice praying as Jesus taught us. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, So good to be with you again. Thanks for joining us uh, all of these weeks. If you are new here this morning, a special welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. We're in a series titled Dear God. And if you're following on your notes, we're learning together to pray the way Jesus taught us. We're learning how to pray using a prayer Jesus taught his disciples. It's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles again or your devices to Matthew chapter 6. First book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. And in addition to this prayer in Matthew, we've been using a book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray. We've been using it during this series, and it's a great resource that we want to recommend for you. And in this book, Greg walks through the Lord's Prayer, and he uses an acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y. And if you're following on your notes, those letters mean pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. We've made our way through each practice. Last week, Jeff talked about the why, yield, and he covered the last two verses of the Lord's Prayer, and he shared several things that I want to remind us of. First, the word yield, if you're following in your notes, means to surrender, submit, give priority to, defer. And as followers of Jesus, we surrender, we submit, we give priority to, we defer to God's plans and God's purposes in our life. Jeff also said, if you're following in your notes, yield is the most difficult part of the Lord's Prayer. And I agree. It's not too difficult for me to pause, rejoice, and ask. Although I'm learning how to pray the way Jesus taught me to pray, those things are not too difficult. But when I get to the part where I yield my thoughts, my words, my actions, my agenda, my calendar, my money, and the way I think things should go in my life, when I yield those to the Lord, that's difficult. And that's why I want to spend one more week talking about yield together. But I want to talk about yield with a specific question in mind. Today, I want to talk about the question, if you're following on your notes, how do we continue to yield when we experience unanswered prayers? How do we do that? Right? We've paused, we've rejoiced, we've asked, and then there is nothing, or there's silence, or there is an outcome completely opposite what we were praying for. I don't have time today to address the question of why prayers go unanswered, but I can tell you that we're going to be recording a bonus episode of the series podcast that will be devoted to that question, and I'll join Jenny and Luke to help us understand the why a little bit better. But the question I want us to wrestle with today is how do we continue to yield when we experience unanswered prayers? 
And sometimes those unanswered prayers are quite small and insignificant. The parking space, the red light or the green light, that our team would win a baseball game, that I would ace the test that I didn't even study for. But what about when we pray for a desperate need in our life? The request is biblical. It is God honoring and the outcome we are asking for would bring honor to God. It would bring glory to him. It would shine the light on him for other people to see. And nothing happens. For some of you, this is the reason that you quit praying. Maybe the reason you gave up on the church or God altogether. You prayed a prayer that you thought surely any loving God would answer and things didn't happen the way you thought they should. And you can't make sense of that. I don't know what that is in your life, but I'm gonna guess many of you have experienced unanswered prayer. If that is you, please know that you are not alone. I actually asked if I could teach on this because experiencing unanswered prayer and walking through that experience has shaped who I am today. Some of you know this, but on November 30th, 2012, I was in Pike County deer hunting when I got a call from Sarah, who was 30 weeks pregnant, in the hospital with our twin daughters. It was a high-risk pregnancy, and they had been monitoring heartbeats uh, three times a day for seven weeks, and on November 30th, they couldn't find the heartbeat. So they rushed Sarah into emergency surgery, and on the way, she called me and told me something was wrong. And the last words she said to me before hanging up the phone abruptly was, pray. So I jumped out of the tree stand. I started praying. I called Steve to ask him to pray and others to pray. Within minutes, people on four continents were praying for Sarah and our girls. I got back to Springfield in time to hold Hannah, who had already passed away, and I was able to be there as Sarah held Olivia as she took her last breath. Hundreds of people praying. Surely any loving God would answer this prayer that was biblical. It was God honoring and the outcome would bring him glory and shine the light on him for other people to see. Surely. And silence. If you've experienced unanswered prayer or you are in a season of unanswered prayer, please know you're not alone. And I want to share with you the dark cycle I found myself in when I was unwilling to yield and what helped me and what I believe can help us answer the question, how do we continue to yield when we experience unanswered prayers? To answer that, I want to go back and revisit verses 9 and 10 of the Lord's Prayer. Would you read that with me in the first gray box in your notes or on the screen? Read this in your house right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. We've spent time talking about how pausing and rejoicing heal our perspective in prayer. And when we know to whom it is we are praying in light of verse 9, we can then pray verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, when we say these words, what we're saying is, Jesus, I want your kingdom, not mine. I want your name to be honored, not mine. I want your will to be done in my life, whether I agree with the outcome or not. Author J.I. Packer says this powerfully. I want to put this quote on the screen. He says here, more clearly than anywhere, the purpose of prayer becomes plain, not to make God do my will, but to bring my will into line with his. This one verse means that we willingly yield our lives to be molded and shaped by God, whether our prayers are answered the way we think they should be or not. And friends, can I just tell you, this is the one line in the Lord's Prayer that I have prayed hundreds of times, and I don't really mean what I'm praying. I pause. I rejoice, I ask, and then I ask God to bless my requests. I don't yield. And when I'm unwilling to yield, like after my daughters died, it leads to a dark cycle of one, if you're following in your notes, isolating ourselves from God. We pull away from God. When we find ourselves in pain, struggling to make sense of unanswered prayer, we wonder why God doesn't just click his fingers and make everything better. And my temptation, when God doesn't answer my prayers the way I think he should, it's to shut down. It's to stop reading the Bible. It's to stop praying. And what we need to do is fight this temptation and choose to push into prayer, even when We don't feel like it. We isolate ourselves from God. An unwillingness to yield leads to, if you're following in your notes, questioning God's character. Questioning God's character. When I encounter unanswered prayer, my default is to start questioning his goodness. It's a temptation that is as old as the Garden of Eden. The enemy said to Adam and Eve, did God really say that he was good? He's holding out on you. You can't trust him. And I either begin believing that God doesn't love me enough to answer my prayers the way I think he should, or I doubt that he has the ability to answer my prayers, which leads to the third element of this dark cycle. If you're following in your notes, doubting his power. We begin to downgrade our expectations in prayer to protect ourselves against heartache and dashed hopes, or we begin to have a change in our faith. We believe that God's worked in the past, but he might not work the same way anymore. Friends, can you see how an unwillingness to yield can lead to a shredding of our faith if we're not careful? So the question is, 
how do we yield in a way that actually strengthens our faith when we experience unanswered prayer? This phrase, not my will be done, in verse 10 of the Lord's Prayer is the only phrase that we have an example from Jesus' own life to help us understand what it means to pray this. This is the one part of the Lord's Prayer that we actually see Jesus praying. I want to invite you to flip over a few pages in your Bibles or on your device to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. It's just a couple books over, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 22. This same Jesus who taught us to pray experiences disappointment in prayer. I want to look at his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he died. You can read this on the screen or follow along in your Bibles. In Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 39, we read, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. And then would you read this with me? Read this with me. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I want to paint the picture of the magnitude of what Jesus is about to face in the next 24 hours of his life. It helps us understand how important these words were to him. Two other gospels, Matthew and Mark, tell the same story, but add crucial details. In Matthew, we read that Jesus was sorrowful and troubled. Sorrowful means in agony, and troubled means to be horrified and shocked. Jesus actually said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And it's in this situation when Jesus feels these things that he prays three times, take this cup from me. This is Jesus at his most vulnerable. He knows the coming of his kingdom will mean drinking a cup of suffering and judgment, and he simply doesn't want to do it. Yet three times, three times Jesus prayed, take this cup from me, and three times he followed that with, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus praised the words he taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I yield, I surrender, I submit, I give priority to, I defer to your plans, God. I yield. And we know that Jesus' prayer went unanswered. It was not God's plan to spare his one and only son from going to the cross to die the death we deserved to take the judgment of God's wrath toward evil in our place so that we could be made right with God again. And while we will never face this same struggle that Jesus faced, we certainly have things in our life that cause us great pain, even to the point 
of feeling like we're going to die. So I want to look at Jesus' example in the garden and identify three ways to continue to yield as we experience unanswered prayers. And as we walk through these examples of Jesus, notice they're completely contrary to the cycle of darkness that an unwillingness to yield can lead to. If you're following in your notes, whereas my temptation to, is to isolate myself from God, if you're following in your notes, Jesus persisted in prayer. Jesus persisted in prayer. It's tempting to become discouraged and to pull away from God, but this is the very time we need to lean in. And this is where it's so important not to let our feelings guide us. In the garden, instead of pulling away from God, we see Jesus persisting in prayer. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, we read, and would you read this with me on your screen? It says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. He continued to pray even more earnestly. He didn't give up. He stayed yielded to the Father by persisting in prayer during a time of unanswered prayer. And this is an important example for us. Whether our unanswered prayer has had an outcome that we didn't want or we're in a season of unanswered prayer where the end is yet not written. We follow Jesus' example and we persist in prayer. The second example we see in Jesus is whereas I give in to the temptation to question God's character. If you're following in your notes, Jesus' trust in God's character did not waver. His trust didn't waver. When his soul was overwhelmed, Jesus resolutely anchored himself in the Father's love. Just like in the Lord's Prayer, the starting point of prayer for Jesus in the garden was Abba, Father, Daddy. Jesus addresses God this way to remind himself to whom he was praying. And I always find this interesting. We, we think Jesus had this unwavering faith because he was Jesus, but his faith was cultivated by spending time with God. Jesus had to build his faith. And as we spend time with God in his word and in prayer, we get to know God's character. And when we get to know God's character, then we'll be able to trust that which we cannot understand. I'll talk more about how to strengthen our trust in God's character in a few minutes when we talk about how to practice this week. But we persist in prayer. We trust in God's character. And the third example we learn from Jesus is whereas I doubt God's ability to answer my prayers, if you're following in your notes, Jesus had confidence in God's power. He had confidence in God's power. This same story of the garden is told in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. And in verse 36, it tells us, would you read this with me on your screen? It says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Did you catch that? Jesus affirmed, everything is possible for you. 
Friends, no matter how hard it is to keep trusting when our deepest, most desperate prayers go unanswered, going to a place where we start questioning God's power and we feel, we feel like he doesn't have the power to change things or he doesn't have the ability to rescue us, it leads to hopelessness and despair. If we want to do that, we need to be very careful because if we play that all the way out, then we become part of a meaningless universe where suffering is without purpose and without hope. When faced with unanswered prayers, we follow Jesus' example and we persist in prayer. We trust in God's character and we hold on to the confidence of God's power. If you've experienced unanswered prayer and you find it difficult to yield, either with a situation that you prayed for and it has ended with an outcome that you didn't desire, or you're in a season of ongoing unanswered prayer, I want to share with you what prayer might look like in this situation for you. I found the way to get to a place of true yielding is by practicing Jesus' example of yielding. And as a reminder, you can find the prayer practices for each week of this series on our website. You can see that web address on your screen right now. And what I want to encourage you to do this week, if you have experienced unanswered prayer, is to practice yielding by walking through three steps. The first step, if you're following on your notes, is to lament. It's lament. There, there's a type of prayer found in the Bible called lament. And lament means to mourn. And it's this passionate expression of grief or sorrow. We see this in Jesus in the garden crying out to the Father, filled with grief and agony and sorrow. The biblical tradition of lament includes expressions of complaint Anger, grief, despair, protest, and hope of justice. Did you know there are more lament psalms than any other type of psalms in the book of Psalms? And what I want to encourage you to do, either in writing or out loud, and let me say I think there's something powerful about lamenting out loud. I want to invite you this week to lament. If you have prayed for something and it has come to pass in a way that you did not pray, lament that unanswered prayer. If you are continuing to pray for something that is yet unanswered, join the lament of the Psalms that cry out, How long, O Lord? How long? There's nothing wrong with being honest about your pain and frustration. David poured his heart out to God in the Psalms. Job expressed anguish and grief and suffering. And Jesus lamented in the garden and on the cross. If you have been disappointed in prayer, the Lord doesn't expect you to cover it up with a plastic smile. Tell him what you're thinking and feeling. Pour out your heart to him in lament. The first step in yielding is practicing lament. And after you've practiced lament, the second step, if you're following in your notes, is to choose to remember and rejoice. 
choose to remember and would rejoice. We've talked a lot about this in this series, but this is where it's so important to pause and rejoice when we pray. Remember, rejoicing is a choice. And just like Jesus, when we intentionally spend time to remember God's character, his promises, his word, his faithfulness in the past, we're strengthened in our faith. This step in the practice, restored my faith after my unanswered prayer of our daughter surviving. God led me to the practice of reading through the book of Hebrews about six months after they died. Hebrews is a book in the New Testament. It's all about Jesus. And as I went through that book, I wrote down 125 characteristics of Jesus that I still go back to today. That practice was a game changer in my faith. Through that intentional time, I was able to remember and rejoice in the character of God and how he had been faithful in so many ways in my life. By spending time with Jesus and being reminded of how much he loves me, my faith was strengthened. His faithfulness to me in the past gave me hope for the present and the future. If you're having a hard time trusting, then spend more time with Jesus. Don't isolate yourself from him. Don't pull away. Push into prayer. Push into time in his word. Spend time with Jesus. Remember and rejoice. And then the third step in this practice, if you are having a hard time yielding in unanswered prayer, if you're following in your notes, it's to relinquish. Relinquish. This last step involves our bodies, and it's important because yielding frequently requires a bodily response. And this is one way of our bodies teaching us how to pray. It's simple. It just involves turning your palms up, laid open to show surrender instead of grasping for control. Palms up is a symbolic way of turning the reins over to God, to loosen our grip, to yield to God's direction and answer in prayer, whatever that might be. And as you hold your palms open, pray the words of verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, I know verse 10 is in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, but I love how author Kent Hughes says this, all great prayers of faith end with, yet not my will, but yours be done. Again, whether the outcome has already been decided to your prayer request and your prayer was unanswered the way you thought it should be, or if you're still in a season of unanswered prayer and the end is not yet written, this is an invitation to a darker kind of trust, to surrender ourselves to the will of God, not just when it makes sense and when it feels good, but also when it makes no sense at all and even when it hurts deeply. It's an invitation to obey God whether we like it or not no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the consequences are, no matter what the outcome is. Relinquishing means I'm going to trust God whether I understand it 
or not. Relinquishing means I yield. So if you've experienced or you are currently experiencing unanswered prayer, I want to invite you into this practice this week. Three steps. Lament, remember, and rejoice, and relinquish. Would you pray with me as we close today? God, we are talking about some really difficult things. There are ways that we have been hurt and are still hurting. And it is so painful. It's, a, it's hard to talk about with another person and even with you. But God, I pray this week, this week, would we be willing to lean into you, to persist with you? God, I pray that you would increase our trust in your character and your power. And God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that if they have experienced unanswered prayer, they will have the courage this week to lament, to name reality. How do they feel? And that they would remember and rejoice in who you are. And then they'd be able to relinquish. God, thank you. Thank you for the freedom that you offer us on the other side of obedience. And I pray that after this practice, there would be many, many people who would experience the freedom of walking with you with strengthened faith because they were able to yield. God, we're grateful that you hear our prayers. We pray that you would answer them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information or to stay connected to Cherry Hills Church, please visit our website at cherryhillsfamily.org or follow us on Facebook.